Hi, welcome to the 13th Warehouse, Friday the 13th TV series edition. I'm Vicki. And I'm Kim. And here are the episode credits for Friday the 13th the series, Season 1, Episode 20, The Quilt of Hathar, The Awakening. Created by Frank Mancuso Jr. and Larry B. Williams, written by Janet McLean, directed by Timothy Bond, original air date, May 9th, 1988. This is The Quilt of Hathor. It makes nightmares come true, kills an unsuspecting sleeper in a dream filled with terror. We were told that it was with the Penatypes, a strict religious sect. So Mickey and Ryan went to recover it. It almost cost them their lives. They seized the quilt from Effie Stokes, the woman who was hopelessly in love with Reverend Grange. They were going to return to the store so the quilt could be locked away in the vault, the only place on earth where its power could be held in check. But Ryan chose to remain among the Penatypes rather than leave Laura, the girl he loved. Mickey did return with the quilt, but it was a copy, a fake. Ryan was left alone with a killer. Hi, we're back with Season 1, Episode 20, The Quilt of Hathor, The Awakening. This is Part 2 of our last episode, The Quilt of Hathor. And Part 2 opens with Effie folding up the real quilt while another member of the community looks on through a partially open door. Concerns continue to be raised by the community about the leadership of the community, the Reverend, and his inability to find a wife. The council wants to replace the Reverend as the leader of the community. If you recall in the first part, they also had concerns about the books, but they don't mention that at all in this episode. It seems to be all about him finding a wife. Yes. The council is also concerned with all the deaths. They think all the deaths are the result of witchcraft, and they're suspicious of Ryan and the fact that the Reverend is letting him marry his daughter. So this woman that was watching Effie, her name was Elder Florence, she reports it to Ryan because they still all believe that Ryan is a relative of the now-dead Sarah, and she's seen Effie with the quilt. Now, this part doesn't make sense to me. She runs to Ryan because she knows this quilt has been stolen from his relative, Sarah. She goes to report that I found the quilt. You're her relative, so I'm telling you. But then when he says we have to get it, she says, I'm not going to give it to anybody but the Reverend. Why? It's his. Yeah, right. I couldn't understand that either. Yeah. Why go report it to him if you're going to just give it to the Reverend? And why give it to the Reverend when you know this is the quilt that was stolen from who they think was Ryan's relative? Right. That doesn't make any sense. So Elder Florence goes to Effie's room alone as ryan's not allowed up in the women's quarters so we knew she was done for and effie catches her so where is effie hiding all the time they say she's somewhere in the where where did they say she was like she was working or something i can't remember where they said not the mill right yeah i can't remember the cannery the she was somewhere working and ryan's sitting on the stairs effie's supposed to be out of the building working somewhere and there she shows up so how did she get there was she hiding in a room somewhere i don't know to me everybody been Mysteriously just pops up out of nowhere. Right, because Ryan's sitting in the middle of the front stairs. Mm-hmm. So it's not like she had to be upstairs, like, hiding in a room. Yeah, I, yeah, a lot of things was like, how did they get there? Right. So she shows up, of course, and catches her with the quilt. Effie throws her out and wraps herself in the quilt, and for some reason lays on the floor <laughs> to take a nap <laughs> instead of the bed that's right next to her. So what that's all about, I have no idea. I thought it was going to have something to do with it. Oh, maybe it did, because then Florence fell on the floor when she first laid down with the quilt. Oh. I'm like, why is she laying on the floor? The bed's right there. Yeah, that could make sense. And then I was thinking it was going to have something to do with the way Florence died, but it didn't really, but she did lay on the floor immediately. Mm. She did fall on the floor, so maybe that was what that was all about. Yeah. And so Effie stabs Florence in the eyes with a fork in her dream. Ryan hears screaming and runs upstairs to find Florence dead with bloody eyes. Now, the men drag him away, so I thought that he was going to get arrested for her murder 
right then and there, but apparently he didn't. Right. So Jack and Mickey head out to the community, worried about whether their car can make it there. So I guess they couldn't go the night before because Jack had to wait for a fuel pump. And they got the fuel pump, but apparently they're still worried about it. So I don't mm-hmm. know. So we knew that they were going to get stuck. So an inquisitor is on the way to examine everything that's been going on. And the Reverend says that nothing odd can happen while he's there. And at that moment, they hear about Florence's death. The community is beginning to suspect Ryan is the cause of all that's happened. The Reverend questions Ryan, and Ryan tells him about the quilt. Now, the Reverend kind of pretends not to believe him, but I think at this point he did believe him, right? Yes. He just wanted the quilt for himself. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Reverend tells Ryan he can help him, only if he does not discuss this with anyone in the colony. So at this point, we did know that he's up to something. He was corrupt before the quilt came to town. He's just corrupt. Then at dinner, the Reverend announces his engagement and secret marriage that afternoon to Effie. Fortunately, we got to skip over that whole ordeal. Effie takes out her quilt on their wedding night. Because she did that, I was wondering what happens when two people sleep under the quilt and both of them dream. Well, I thought because she would become empowered, I thought that was what's going to happen. That she was going to kill the Reverend? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so too. That was my first thought before they even were in the room. I said she's going to try and kill the Reverend. But then it seemed like she was more upset that the Reverend went right to sleep. Right. And that's when she decided to have her dream. But my question, what I was thinking was, if both of them are sleeping under the quilt and both of them dream, what would happen? Right. I was wondering that too. Yeah. And so Effie's now upset with the Reverend. And so we get to the dream with the same party. And Effie dances with the Reverend, but she has a knife and she's planning to stab him, apparently. Then the party changes back to the colony and both of them are in regular clothes. And Effie drops the knife and the Reverend's dream seems to take over and he snaps her back and she dies. But he wakes up in a chair with the quilt. I'm assuming that... His dream took over when he took the quilt and moved to the chair. Is that what you're thinking? That's what I'm thinking, too. Yeah, because then he was the only one underneath it by then. Right. So that's why I was kind of confused about when both of them were sleeping. Maybe her dream comes through because she thinks about having the dream before she goes to sleep. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah, huh? Because if both of them are under the covers, then both of them should have control over the dreams except maybe because she's had this dream and she uses this dream that she makes herself dream this do you know how they say in dreams you you have to think about what you want to work out in your head before you go to sleep yeah so that's what i'm thinking because it didn't make any sense to me why both of them weren't having conflicting dreams well i I thought that in the dream even though they both would be in the dream both of them would have an equal part of how the dream plays that's what i would love to have seen to where they would be amongst themselves and actually end up killing each other. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Or she tries to stab him and he can defend himself. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm still a little not really understanding how this quilt works, but it just seems like he got up and went to the chair with the quilt. Now, I'm assuming he did it on purpose. It could have been just a thing that he didn't want to sleep in the bed with her. I don't know. What do you think? I think he didn't want to sleep in the bed with her because he technically did not really want to be with her anyway. Right. But do you think that he understood about the quilts? Because that's why he chose to marry her. So do you think he got out of the bed with the quilt so he can kill her? Or 
You think so? Yeah, because remember before we, we talked about how is somebody evil before? And he had evilness before. So even being underneath <laughs> it, even with her, I wonder if he felt something. That's what I'm wondering. Because it could have been, you know, we knew he kind of believed Ryan about the quilt. So there's that. But it could have also been that he just didn't like her because we know he doesn't. And he wanted to get out of bed, and he just took the quilt because that was on top. I didn't know if originally it was just an innocent move on his part, and then he realized what could happen. You think he had a plan all the time? Not a plan, but I think he had a hint. Because even in that dream, even though there was kind of like a flash back and forth, back and forth for a quick moment, I'm wondering at that particular point, did he get up and then took the quilt with him? Yeah, that's what I was thinking too, because maybe that was their dreams battling each other. And then he finally got up. Right. So yeah. I, I'm with you there. I think that's what happened. So, yeah, that answers my question then. So he probably realized what was going on and that the quilt thing was 100% true. And he decided this was his chance. You know, not to defend him because you know how I feel about him. He could have understood that she was going to kill him, too, if he was seeing her dream, which I imagine he did, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it could have been sort of in self-defense, but I'm not going to give him that much credit. Nah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was just another way to clear his conscience. If he had one, he could say, I did it in self-defense because she was plotting to kill me. Yeah, okay, I got the understanding, but you ain't right either. So that's what I'm saying. I'm not giving him that much credit, but mm-hmm. um, there's a small chance because he knew she was going to kill him. Right. Obviously, she had a knife in her hand, and then he got up and took over, but I don't know. He was just all around evil, so... We know that he lied to Ryan, not lied to him, but said he could help him and married Effie just for the quilt. That didn't need to be explained to us. So I'm sure he knew what was going to happen. And whether or not she tried to kill him, I think he was going to try to kill her or anybody who was against him. Yeah. So Jack's car breaks down 150 miles away from the community because his fuel pump broke, his brand new fuel pump. So they're stuck there. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Space, the final frontier, or is it? Discover the podcast of a couple of moms who love Star Trek and happen to have kids on the autism spectrum. Join Vicki and Elizabeth as we explore strange new worlds, talking about the new Star Trek Discovery series, autism, and whatever else comes to mind. We're Moms Going Boldly, and you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Player FM. Hey, Dud Gramley here from Yeah, That Can't Be Good. Please join Kim, Vicky, Skip, and myself over at Yeah, That Can't Be Good for an episode-by-episode podcast of all things Eureka. You can listen at EurekaRewatch.com on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. The Reverend tells Ryan that Effie left and took the quilt with her because Ryan shows up in the morning because he's hoping to get the quilt. And the Reverend said he had it in his hands. And when he woke up this morning, Effie was gone and she took the quilt. But he had thrown her in the basement wrapped in another quilt. The Inquisitor arrives a day early and begins questioning the community. And someone mentioned the stolen quilt made from the colors of Satan. That's what he says. We don't see who mentioned it, but he knows about the quilt. And the Reverend tells the Inquisitor that he's investigated the story and believes that it's all lies and a misunderstanding. Nobody's quilt was stolen. It was just a misunderstanding. So he lied. 
So Ryan goes to make up with Laura, but the Reverend shows up and tells him that the Inquisitors ordered Ryan to leave, which we know is not true, mm -hmm. since he already reprimanded Matthew for suspecting him. Right. We were wondering in the last episode, because remember they were doing the cleansing and Ryan pushed Matthew off mm -hmm. and we couldn't decide whether Matthew fell in the fire pit or right. outside the fire pit. And then we didn't see him anymore. So we didn't know if he was dead in the fire pit, if he fell out of the fire pit. But we thought maybe out because we never heard him scream or anything. Mm -hmm. So he's here. He's here getting himself involved in everything again. <laughs> yeah. Trying to get rid of Ryan. <laughs> The Reverend tells Ryan he only has an hour to leave. So I'm going to say, what kind of plan is that? He's going to give Ryan an hour to run around town and figure out that it's not true. I mean, he doesn't even get that far, but that's generally what could have happened. Ryan could just go talk to the Inquisitor and ask him why he's making him leave and then find out he didn't make him leave. That was kind of a mm -hmm. dumb plan on his part. Well, still a plan kind of worked because I, I thought that they set him up. Oh, no, I don't know. Did they set him up? Yeah, I, I guess they did. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. I just thought the guy was trying to kill the Inquisitor. I thought the Inquisitor really wanted to see him. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. Of course, yes, it was Matthew who came to say the Inquisitor wanted to see him. So absolutely, yes, they did set him up. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was a big coincidence that he was going to find out the Inquisitor didn't want him to leave, but he was going to die before he got to tell him that. And then, of course, because Ryan's over a second body that they were going to accuse him, but I didn't realize it was a setup. I got it. I thought the Reverend was just trying to get rid of the Inquisitor, period. But yes, that was a way to get rid of both of oh, them. Oh, no, he killed two birds with one right. stone. Absolutely. Yeah. Was that, there an Ryan? Yes, because that makes a little more sense. Then why would he let him run around for an hour and find <laughs> out that he didn't want to send him home? So Laura comes to say goodbye, and Ryan wants her to go with him. But she says she can't. Like we said, Matthew the Stalker comes to tell him that the Inquisitor wanted to see him, which Kim has determined was a setup. So the men find Ryan with the knife, and now they believe he murdered him. Finally, Jack and Mickey show up, but they get thrown out of the hearing, and Ryan is accused of murder. What's happening? He's accused of killing Inquisitor Holmes. Well, Ryan wouldn't kill anyone. Perhaps he will be found innocent. Not by this crowd. This is a lynch mob. You call yourself a man of God? Thou art accused of a grave crime, the killing of a high commissioner, an inquisitor of the penitite faith. I didn't do it, and you know it. The truth shall be determined in time. Whose truth? Take the outsiders away. The hearing really wasn't a hearing. It was just the reverend yelling. So I don't know how they call that a hearing. Yeah. Nobody was asked any questions. And Ryan pretty much accused the reverend of using the quilt. But this reverend's kind of losing it now, I think. Thou art accused of killing a humble and welcome visitor, Inquisitor Holmes. The charge against thee is clear. I didn't do it. When I got then there... Then what wast thou doing there? Brother Matthew said the Inquisitor wanted to Even see after thou hadst been told of thy banishment from this community by the Inquisitor's own command? Well, I was hoping he would change his mind. Then who killed him? Surely had there been another there, thou must have seen him. No, no, there wouldn't be anyone there. It's the quilt, a curse on the quilt. Josiah, it's you. You've got it. Enough. This is God's court. Who's in trouble with the church? Who, who would benefit if the Inquisitor died? I am the vessel of God's will. And vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. 
you know, if I were standing in that church, I would say, what the hell is wrong with this guy? But they're still ready to burn Ryan at the stake. Mm-hmm. But Ryan convinces Laura to go and find the quilt at her father's house, while the rest of the community drags Ryan to the stake to burn him. Laura finds Effie in the basement and brings the bloody quilt, which is not the cursed quilt, to the fire. But she does say that her mother made this for her. So nobody, you know, the reverend can't say, oh, somebody must have thrown her body in there because there's no way they would have Laura's quilt. Right. So they believe her. And she's trying to put the fire out with snow. Did you see her? Yeah. Kneeling down while she's talking, putting handfuls of snow. Yeah, I gotta give her credit, though. Yeah, she was I crying. <laughs> trying to save her, man. Yeah, it was funny. I was like, all right, can somebody help her, maybe? Because handfuls of snow aren't going to do it. <laughs> so they believe her, and someone releases Ryan. And I didn't see who it was, but I don't think it matters. While the colony people go to the basement, although they called it a woodshed, Ryan and Laura follow the reverend to a mill, where he tries to use the quilt, and Ryan begins to feel the effects. Now, I don't know, how, do you, how does somebody, especially when you know somebody's chasing you, how do, we, how do you fall asleep that fast? You'd be surprised. There's people that can actually do that. And I understand that. People can fall asleep, like my son could fall asleep anywhere. But you know somebody's chasing you. How do you get yourself to fall asleep that quickly? Because some people could just tune that, it out. I don't know how. I, I wish I could be one of them. Man, that was that was a quickness. And <laughs> he started falling asleep. And I'm going, I wish I could do that. And I killed somebody. I wish I could fall asleep like right. a drop of dying. Right. It's amazing. So Ryan begins to feel the effects. You could see he's having trouble walking. He's falling down. But he does get close enough to grab the quilt out of the Reverend's hands. And it wakes him up. While the Reverend and Ryan struggle for the quilt, Laura tells Ryan to let go, and the Reverend falls out the window. Now, I'm sure she knew that he was going to fall out the window when she told Ryan to let go. Is that what you think? Yeah. That's what I thought, too, that she she knew that he would go flying out the window. It wasn't just her yelling, let go, because she wasn't yelling, let go. She just said, let go, calmly. So anyway, the Reverend falls out the window and is dead, obviously. And in the end, Ryan realizes that he needs to be there to help Jack and Mickey collect the cursed antiques. And if anything would have proved it to him was all these people dying in this community. How many people died now? I, I lost count. Five? I'm trying to remember. There were two wives, Effie, Sarah, Florence. Yeah, at least five. Oh, the Inquisitor was six. Oh, yeah, that's right, six. Yeah, so it's got to be six or seven. Yeah, it's definitely more than five, yeah. You know, six people being dead, or seven or however many, was enough to prove to Ryan that he had to go back and help them collect the antiques. Now, before I started watching this at the beginning, you know, obviously we could have kind of guessed that Ryan wasn't going to stay there because, you know, he's in other episodes of the show. Right. So I thought, before I watched it, that the only way he was going to leave, I thought Laura was going to die somewhere in this episode. I didn't think she was going to die. I thought she would have left with him. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Because when she, when they said about the forces of evil, how they, you know, she doesn't want that to happen again. He didn't want it to happen again. Right. So I thought they would have combined forces. There would have been another person to go out and help collect antiques. That's a good thought, yeah. That didn't occur to me. I thought the only way he was going to leave is if she died. It didn't occur to me that she would go with him. Yeah, that's a thought. That didn't. I didn't even think of that. So on that note, Laura is now the head of the community. So she says she can't go with Ryan. And they leave and there's Matthew on the porch with Laura. That guy just doesn't give up. He don't give up. Oh my God. He's always there. Even the way he popped into the the bedroom when Laura was just ready to kiss Ryan. It was just like the stalking behavior the last time. He just shows up out of nowhere. He just shows up out of nowhere. (laughs) But he's the type of person 
that even though she loves Ryan, he would still marry her. Right, he doesn't care. He, doesn't he, care. he would know deep down in his heart she don't really love him. Yeah. But he's going to be there anyway. Yep. He doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I don't know what they were trying to do at the end when Mickey covered him up with a quilt and he was sleeping and then all of a sudden you heard a big noise. I don't know if that was just supposed to be some goofy thing they threw in or if we were supposed to know what that was or... Did it dawn on me? I kept on saying, but did that come out the same time as Carrie? Oh, boy. I wonder the age time because I remember when Carrie came out yeah. and the girl fell asleep and she woke up and she was at the gravesite and the hand came up. Yeah. Kind of remind me of the same thing and I'm going... Hmm. Was this around the same time frame? Because I, I can't remember if Carrie was in the 870s or 80s. You know what? I have no idea. Let me see if I could. Let me hold Hold on. Let me. Yeah, Carrie came out in 1976, so this was later. But that doesn't mean that they didn't take it. That's what it reminds me of. When you wake up and you had that, you know, because the girl was sleeping, Carrie. Yeah. And was bringing flowers because she was the only one that basically that was kind to her. Right. And then after all of a sudden, boom. So this is what, that's what kind of reminds me of Carrie. Yeah, I just didn't know what that noise was supposed to be. If that was supposed to be something or if that was just some goofy way to end the episode. It would have been nice if they had ended it, not him being woken up afraid. It should have ended it with them being together in his dream of them in the house by a baby cradle. And then they could have had Matthew yes. lurking in the back. <laughs> as he would be <laughs> yeah envious of their of their they got married he changed his ways yeah and they lived happily together and Matthew's still lurking with them brown glasses still mad yeah that's how I would like to have ended it so, and even Matthew could have had the quote wrapped around him too that would have been oh geez okay, but that screen was ridiculous yeah that was weird I don't know what that was but yeah. Laura and Ryan kind of ended it that he had to leave her for now. It was kind of open-ended that he could come back at some time. Yeah, but yeah. it would have been nice in his dream. Yeah. He would have had that perfect family with the baby in the cradle yeah. and them rocking it and Creepy Matthew with the quilt around him. Wait, waiting. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a nice ending instead of screaming. Well, yeah, because it was confusing because I wasn't sure if it, if it was supposed mm-hmm. to be about something or if it was just weird. But, mm-hmm. yeah, so I don't have any other notes to you. No, that's it. All right, so we'll be back shortly with another couple episodes. We'll see you then. See you then. This is Doug reminding you to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash 13th Warehouse, on Twitter at Eureka Warehouse, and on Instagram at Eureka underscore Warehouse. You can listen to The 13th Warehouse on our website, the13thwarehouse.com, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Theme music for The 13th Warehouse, Friday the 13th, the series edition, Suspense Night, provided by Anton Kornienko, Pixabay user 147-98912, free for personal or commercial use. See you next time at The Warehouse.